Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 12 The Foolish Seducer Gath turned away from me, but not so fast that I didn't see the blush in her cheeks, the wet glitter in her eye. She began to walk back down the path, away from the consecrated lake. I took one more look back at Nameless, but could not see it. No doubt it was amongst the other swans, showing only one side of itself. That made sense. Yet its sudden non-visibility sent a little shiver through my guts. I caught up with Gath. She stood beside a mosaic, the glittering gemstones of which portrayed the legendary tale of Enfeshka, the foolish seducer. As we stood there, I asked her to tell me more about what she'd seen and done these last few days, willing to hear anything that could distract me from that damn swan. But Gareth was still thinking about Nameless. What did the augurs decide to do about the swan? She asked. Whatever it was about my expression, Gareth realised she'd asked one question too many. I'm sorry, she spluttered. I didn't mean to pry. I was just... And then she began to weep. Great wrenching sobs that shook her from head to foot. I'd seen that kind of weeping in the movies, but it was unsettling to see it in real life. Confused, I put an arm around her, pulled her towards me, held her trembling and teary against my chest. You've nothing to be sorry for, I said, stroking her long golden hair, and finding myself becoming a little aroused. In the movies I watch, emotional scenes inevitably lead to sweating nudity. Oh, I do, she gasped, pushing me away from her. I am so sorry, Marcus, but I want to go back to Stone City. I managed to spit out a choked, what? Gath dried her eyes with her big strong hands and looked at me. This life is not for me. She said, as if I explained anything. I want to set up my own practice. But why? I pleaded. You've just been promoted to the chief medical administrator of the peninsula. I've given you full clearance. I can even ask the augurs about the archive if you want. Marcus, she said, her hand reaching out to mine, but then going back to her side. The peninsula will survive without me. There's at least two other specialists who could do the job as well as me, maybe better. There would be no doubts about their being appointed for their skills only. Who doubts your skills? I demanded. How could anybody doubt you? 
I doubt me, Marcus. And the only way to end those doubts is to free myself from your administration. It's been wonderful working here, but I need a change, a challenge. Gath, I pleaded, maybe the peninsula could do without you, but I could not. I need you. My heart needs you. I could not survive without you. Marcus, you could survive anywhere. Despite the abuse you put your body through, you're a healthy man. I'd be more interesting if I was sickly, I said, aiming for humour. Still, let's be honest, hoping for sweating nudity. I can do that. I gave a loud, hacking cough and beat my hand against my chest. <laughs> it almost worked. Gath took an involuntary gulp of air as her mouth widened into a smile that promised laughter. But she stopped the laugh, stopped the accompanying glow in her eyes and blush on her cheeks. It was as if a switch had been pulled in all that wonderful, carefree emotion. What about? I tried to think of the right word, but it eluded me. Marcus, she said. Our friendship is... was... What do you mean by was? I asked. My voice a little too demanding, my words a little too clumsy. You are, and I mean now, this very second... One of the most important connections I have with another person. Gath sighed. I think I would have preferred to be the most important connection. But you are! I blotted out. No, I'm not, Marcus. Even now, I can sense part of you is elsewhere. Nonsense! I shouted, my left hand clenching into a fist. But even as the denial was uttered, a wisp of memory floated into my mind. There was a face, recalled to me by the simple act of looking at the gems and stones of the Enfeshka mosaic. But the recollection had as much substance as smoke and broke apart even as I considered it. Gath laid a hand on my fist and my hand sprang open like a flower startled by sudden daylight. Marcus, she said, looking straight at me, sometimes you can be almost 90% here, sometimes, but never a 100%. Never once have I seen you fully involved in the now that I live and breathe in. Nobody is ever 100% present, I said. Try not to sound tongue-tied and confused. Oh, we all drift off in our dwams now and then, Gath said. But most people still manage to spend some time fully in the here and now. You don't, Marcus. I squeezed my eyes shut. 
tried to make sense of her words, but could not. Maybe it was too early in the day, or maybe her words struck too close to the bone. Whatever the reason, my brain was locked shut and determined that not even a glint of understanding was going to get through. Instead, I found myself thinking of poor Infeshka, who tried to seduce the queen of the universe with his poetry. When she failed to be charmed, he tried his wiles and couplets on her handmaiden. The maid, the little snitch, complained, and the queen of the universe transformed the lovesick wordsmith into a mere planet. The planet that I and Gath stood on now. I opened my eyes, calm again. I understood it was time to retreat from this part of the conversation. Have you everything you need to set up practice? I asked. I mean, finances, contacts and a clinic. If I can help... Gath spoke, and this time her smile was warm and loving. I've worked for two years in the palace complex of the famous Marcus Marcus. I have no shortage of contacts or savings. And yes, I do have a clinic. Come visit, and I'll show you around. I will, I said. Good luck, Marcus. You too, Gath. She left then, and I sat there alone, with a cold, empty feeling in my belly. But I shook myself hard, hard enough to get a rush of dizzying blood to my head. I stood up and took myself running across my great estate, with its woodlands and meadows, streams and lakes filled with fish and frogs and insects. I ran and ran, till I returned to the hillock overlooking the mosaic and collapsed on the grass. Bloody woman, eh? I said. The little fragments of stone, glass and jewellery glittered but said nothing. She'll be back, I told the poet and the planet both. It was inevitable. How could any woman resist a man of my fame, power and lineage? Thanks for listening to the latest chapter of Marcus Marcus and Hurting Heart. Be sure to tell all your friends, family and ancient enemies about the story. If you like it, rate it, review it, pass on the word and subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Player or your favourite podcast app. Drop me a line on Twitter at Havering Rab. And if you want to know more about what I do, check out my website, rabfultonstories.weebly.com. <laughs>